Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. When uh, Texas passed their SB8 law, that was the abortion law, the fetal heartbeat law. And it basically said, if you know of somebody that is performing an abortion, or if you know of somebody that's had an abortion, or if you know of somebody that works at an abortion clinic, or if you know of somebody that gave someone a ride to an abortion clinic, or if you know of someone that sold a tie to a doctor who who uh, performed an abortion, or if you know of somebody that changed the tires on the Uber that took somebody to an abortion, you could sue them for having an abortion. And the real kicker on the Texas law is that the uh, the lawsuit had to be covered by the people that were sued. At least uh, they they couldn't they couldn't ask for attorney fees. It also didn't have to be somebody from Texas. So, in fact, I believe it was the first the first case that was brought was uh, somebody from Indiana that was saying they were going to sue people in Texas for having an abortion. They didn't even have to have evidence. Basically, you accuse someone of having an abortion, you file a civil suit for $10,000, and then the person that's been accused has to prove that they didn't. And even if they're successful, they still have to pay their lawyers, they have to pay their own their own court fees. There was no downside to somebody filing the lawsuit in Texas over uh, abortion. Well, then Roe v. Wade got overturned by the Supreme Court, and all of that... Pfft, it goes to the wayside. doesn't really matter. But we saw it playing out, and we knew how ridiculous it was. And anybody that was commenting on this at all said, well, I take that back. You're going to have some of the, the hard right-wingers that are like, this is great. We're going to end abortion and save lives. But anybody else was able to say, 
this looks like a real slippery slope, doesn't it? What happens when you have a liberal state that, that employs the exact same legislative process to more liberal causes? At the time, I even said, what happens if California decides we're going to do the same thing with guns? And then California did the same thing with guns. Now, I don't know if Governor Batman was listening to my show. I was on in San Francisco uh, numerous times during this entire Texas SB8 debate and brought this up. I don't know that that Governor Newsom was listening. I don't know if he was hanging out at uh, Wayne Manor in the Batcave or maybe just driving home from the French Laundry after a nice birthday dinner and, and listening to me on the RADIO and thought, that's genius. I'll get a hold of my people and we'll get that set. But that's exactly what he did. That's what he did. So SB 1327 goes into effect now, is in effect in California. It authorizes anyone other than the state or local government officials to sue people who violate the state's laws against the manufacture, distribution, or sale of assault weapons, ghost guns, and other banned firearms. Lawsuits could also be brought against gun dealers who violate the state's law against selling or transferring weapons, other than hunting rifles, to anyone under 21 years old. So, this becomes... Uh, this becomes a bounty hunt, basically. Uh, and frankly, I'm a bit disappointed in California for going through with it. I'm not disappointed in California for bringing this up in the first place because I felt like this needed to be done. This sort of performative legislation needed to be done to send a message to the people that were supporting the Texas law. But I don't want it to see. I don't want to see it go into effect. And here's why. The state is in charge of enforcing. Enforcement does not fall on the people, right? We have the the legislative, the judicial, and the executive branch, right? Legislative branch makes the laws. Judicial branch interprets the law. Executive branch enforces the law. The basic civics. We learned all this stuff in like third grade. But now what we're doing is we're saying, aha, let's take the responsibility of the executive branch, of law enforcement, of investigators, and let's put it on people who've decided that they're going to go spying on their neighbors. I don't like that at all. We did have one judge that struck down an aspect of the law. Um, U.S. District Judge Roger Benitez in San Diego said that the fee-shifting provision that would have saddled gun industry litigants with all or part of the court costs from any suit challenging the state's gun controls, even if they prevailed in court. State Attorney General's office had refused to defend it, having argued that the Texas fee-shifting provision on which it was based was unconstitutional. So as I pointed out, if you're in Texas and you get sued for providing an abortion, having an abortion, uh, eating eggs, whatever anything that was abortion-related, and you had to defend yourself in court, you couldn't ask for attorney fees. It was on you. Part of that plan in Texas, I believe, was to have lawsuits pile up against abortion providers and that even if the abortion providers uh, can't be found guilty because they're not allowed to share patient information or something of that sort, that they would be broken financially. Similarly, we've got California saying, okay, well, let's just let's just have people sue all the gun manufacturers until those gun manufacturers are uh, bust. 
Let's just do that. District court judge said, no, you guys know that's unconstitutional. You thought it was unconstitutional when Texas did it, and now you put a law into effect. It's unconstitutional still. So struck that down. So that is, that's been taken away. That was a major hangup. I don't like this idea of people being asked to spy on their neighbors, to sue their neighbors, um, or to be legal vigilantes, uh, basically. Uh, LA Times reporting, uh, Californians who buy assault weapons cannot be sued under the new law. But if you buy a ghost gun kit, or more technically, a firearm precursor part that isn't uh, federally regulated, you could be liable. Yeah. And I'm assuming if you're printing them on your 3D printer, that would be a no-no too. People who knowingly, knowingly engage in conduct that helps someone violate these restrictions could also be sued, even if they didn't know the person they were helping was going to violate the law. So, too, could suits be brought against anyone who sells, offers, or transfers unregulated gun precursor parts. And again, if you're, you can't print a gun part, give it to a friend who will then sell it to someone else, that you can't, you can't do that. It goes down the chain. So that's, that's part of the law. So what happens? Uh, According to the law, any act or omission that violates the structures of SB 1327, that's a new gun law in California, constitute an injury to all residents of and visitors to this state. So you can sue even if you weren't directly harmed. You can sue even if nobody suffers any actual physical injury or financial harm. In other words, everyone has standing. This is problematic as well. Suppose somebody has one of these firearms that we're talking about. Suppose they have a ghost gun and they drive by your house. Are you affected by that? No. Were you harmed by that? No. Did anything in your life change because somebody else has a ghost gun? No. Was the ghost gun used in the commission of a crime? No. Do you pick your nose and eat your goobers? Yes. Well, then you can sue. Whatever the reason, you can sue. As long as you suspect somebody of doing something wrong, you can sue them, even if that means booger eating. I don't really know what that has to do with anything. I just thought we'd throw it in there as how ridiculous the law is that you can sue somebody and they have to defend themselves. You don't have to have a personal connection to the violation. You just have to be able to prove that it took place. So, for example, again from the LA Times, you could learn about an apparently illegal sale of an assault weapon to a California buyer by reading a newspaper story about a shooting and then use court documents and other public records to try to make your case against the seller. Yeah. So, you're you're reading your your Bakersfield Daily and you happen to see that some farmer held a, a, a gun to another farmer who was on his land, and you go, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what kind of gun that was. So you go and you look up your court records, and you find out that it was that it was uh, an assault weapon that has been banned or had a magazine that had too many, uh, too many rounds in it. And you go, oh, they violated the law. And you use the court records from that complaint as your evidence. You don't know the farmer. You, you don't even know how to get to Bakersfield. You don't know where the Bakersfield court is. It doesn't matter. You read it. You Googled it. You found enough information to bring a lawsuit. 
you sue, the farmer has to defend themselves, and you come away $10,000 richer simply because you followed up on reading a newspaper article. How does that make this a better state? How does that make us safer? All it does is it pits us against our neighbors. It doesn't make anybody safer. It just makes us look as ridiculous as Texas did. And we called Texas out for looking ridiculous. There's better ways, friends. I have a feeling most of this will be struck down in court, but not before there's a bunch of lawsuits and a bunch of people who are screaming about it. Get ready. 2023 is going to be the year of gun lawsuits in California. All right. I am going to tell you how not to money. Next, Chris Merrill, in for John and Ken, KFI AM640. We're live everywhere on your iHeartRadio app. Quick heads up here. We're going to do uh, uh, news with Mark at 5.30, and then after that, uh, Jane Wells, who you've heard uh, on KFI numerous times, is going to join me to talk about uh, the right way to die. So I feel like that ought to be good. Uh, Probably the best way to go. Uh, Here's how not to. Okay, we're going into the new year. And you're trying to figure out what can, what kind of changes can I bring about in my life that will make things better. Might I recommend, you're not going to want to hear this, but might I recommend avoiding debt. And I know you just got through Christmas and you just racked up a bunch of debt on your credit cards and you got to pay all that stuff off. I know. I know. <clears throat> but what if, follow me here, what if you went on a money diet for a year, all right? No, 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 no. Just like with a just like with a food diet, you still have to eat food, and you can even have a cheat day. But let's just figure out a little money diet for a year. I don't know what your situation is. Maybe you don't have any debt, and that's fantastic. You've been dieting. You don't have to worry about it, all right? But maybe you got a little bit of debt. Maybe you just built some debt up from your credit cards. What if? What if this year you uh, were to work to pay off the debt you just piled up from Christmas, pay off some other debt without using your credit cards to buy more stuff. What if you just did that for a year? Just give it a shot. I got to tell you, it feels pretty good when you don't have a whole bunch of more debt piling up on your credit card. If you are, uh, listen, I still use my credit card. Uh, and then I pay it off at the end of the month. And it sounds so it sounds so obvious, right? For those of you that have been doing this a while, duh. For those of you that haven't, you go, yeah, that's what I would like, but then we, we still do it anyway. I'm with you. My wife and I decided to do, uh, we, we had some austerity measures. We went on a hardcore diet, and we were able to get our debt paid off. And I got to tell you, you charge stuff on your credit card, and the, at the end of the month, you pay that off. So maybe your credit card, we buy a lot of stuff on the credit card. We get the points, whatever, right? So let's say you get to the end of the month, credit card bill is uh, $600, and you pay that off. That's a whole lot better than when we had thousands of dollars of debt on the credit card. We'd pay $600, and only $200 of it would go to the, the actual principal. It just felt like we were spinning our tires. So I was a bit concerned when I ran across the story that uh, – Oh, Fox 11 had it on their, on their website. And it was talking about Walt Disney World. Not land, but world. And they uh, did a study there at Lending Tree, found that 18% of the customers they surveyed went into debt during a visit to Disney World. The research found that parents with kids under the age of 18 were most likely to pick up this additional expense. 
They also found that the pricey dining options and ticket prices at the park were higher than what many people had initially anticipated or budgeted for. We've all run into that when you walk into the amusement park, right? The average cost for a one-day single park ticket for adults and kids ages 10 and older from November 22 to October 23 will be $141.74. There's a one-day single park ticket. is nearly $150. I'm an old fart because I always feel like the price to get in ought to be about $10. Uh, But no, it's a whole lot more. And so if you've got a family of four, just walking into that park is going to cost you $600. Uh, The cost of a Disney World vacation for a family of four consisting of two adults, one child aged 10 or older, and one child aged 3 to 9, okay, this is a Disney vacation now, and we're talking about you're going to have to pay for hotel and dining and everything else, but your vacation uh, was $5,731 in 2022, which is just shy of $300 per person per night. Wow. So what if on your 2023 debt diet, you were to put off your trip to Disney? Or maybe you save up six grand, right? Save up the $6,000 and then pay for it outright instead of putting it on a card. It seems so dumb, but it, it, it's amazing how much your life flips when all of a sudden you're paying, when you have money to pay for things versus getting things and then trying to pay them off later. It, uh, again, it seems so simple, but the the emotional relief is mind-boggling, something I'm just discovering here in the last couple of years. Just, just let me share that with you, how much better it feels. So if you're in that situation, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you're not, you long for it. Go get it. Go get it. Could be worse, though. You could have a ton of money and then just piss it all away. Imagine if you were the wealthiest person in the world. Just imagine being that rich and then just pissing it all away. Elon Musk has become the first person ever to lose $200 billion. Musk previously became the second person ever to amass a fortune of more than $200 billion. He did that January 2021. Jeff Bezos was the first to do it. He had uh, $340 billion at his peak. November 2021, he had $340 billion. Now, Musk is worth $137 billion. I mean, we could say that he's lost $300 billion if we wanted to. We're, we're in that ballpark right now. Based on the numbers that are being reported, he's lost 300 But he's certainly lost $200 billion. He held the title of the world's richest person up until last month, and then he was knocked off by the CEO of French luxury giant LVMH. Is that the, uh, the Louis Vuitton people? Is that what the LVMH is, guys? Do you know? Bernard Arnault is now the wealthiest person. Tesla shares taking a hit this year. Stock's down 65% as of December 30th. Tesla also recently announcing a price slash in several of the models. Uh, he also paid $44 billion for Twitter, which is now worth... <laughs> so, yeah, he lost uh, over $200 billion, you could argue. No, I guess it would be $200 billion. Excuse me, I said 300 It's $200 billion. See, math is bad for me. 
This is which is why I should never go into debt. There is upside though for Elon Musk for you uh, musketeers. Uh, Tesla saying today they sold a record 1.3 million vehicles last year. That's big. However, Elon Musk keeps saying they're going to sell more, and then he doesn't. He uh, pledged to grow the company's sales by 50% nearly every year. That didn't really happen. 2022 figure topped the prior record of 936,000 vehicles that were delivered in 2021, but it was shy of the 1.4 million needed to reach that goal of 50% growth. Still, pretty close. That's pretty great. What happens when recession hits? That's where it starts to hurt more. And, need I remind you, Tesla hasn't put out a new model in a while. So... As we know, in the auto industry, when things get stale, sales start to dip. All right, Jane Wells uh, is going to join me here in the next segment, our CNBC special correspondent, and also you hear on uh, KFI uh, on occasion, uh, doing some of the, the Lord's work, filling in. She's going to talk to us about the best way to die and then move forward. Next, Chris Merrill in for John and Ken, KFI AM640. We're live everywhere on your iHeartRadio app. I was uh, perusing the news stories today and saw that New York has just become the sixth state in the union to allow for human composting. Uh, They prefer if the human being composted is deceased first. Joining me to discuss is Jane Wells, our CNBC special correspondent. And, of course, you hear Jane on uh, KFI uh, often. Jane, great to talk with you again. I haven't talked to you in, in a couple of years. I'm so excited that you were able to join us tonight. Well, Happy New Year, Chris. And yeah, California was the fifth state to allow it. Now, New York is the sixth, although in California, we can't, um, you know, throw grandma into the garden yet until 2027 because it's California and everything takes longer to figure out the bureaucracy. Yeah, it seems so strange to me that they would pass a law that I don't think it's that difficult to understand. I don't know what the what the it's not like implementation would take that long i mean you're you're composting a human body after they die uh we're talking about what is this it's called uh terramation and am i saying that correctly yeah you are and it started in washington state uh in 2018 that was the first state to uh legalize it and so they have a few of them in seattle that's where i went so i wrote the story for my substack janewells.substack.com yes there's a plug uh, to a place called Return Home, and the the entrepreneur who decided this isn't green industry that he can be make scale and be profitable in um, is named Micah Truman, and I went into his facility, and and they have basically it works like this, Chris. It's it's a little bit faster than just digging a hole in the ground and throwing you in it and covering it up. What they do is they put you in a container with uh, a lot of alfalfa straw and sawdust, like like you would compost materials. And it's two parts more organic material to one part human. And then that allows the microbes naturally in your body to heat up to almost 170 degrees. And so you start decomposing wow. pretty quickly. Yeah. They, they, oh. they put in a little trickle of air, so there's a little air circulation, so it doesn't overheat. And after about 30 to 60 days, it's, it's a moist dirt except for the bones and teeth. And, oh, look, there's an implant. So they take that out. They, you know, shard, they turn the bones into shards like they do at a crematorium. And they put them back in the soil. And another 30 days later, the microbes eat the bones. And you end up with about 250 pounds. Because remember, you had all that straw and sawdust, too. Oh, yeah. 250 pounds of, like, I saw it. It's like it's like mulch you get uh, when you go to the nursery. You know, you open a bag of mulch, and yeah. it's, it's a little bit moist, and it's very, you know, dirt-like, and it doesn't smell, and that's what you get. 
Okay, so I'm fascinated by this, Jane. Uh, first question, what led you to want to do this story? Because <laughs> it's wildly interesting. Don't get me wrong, but it is a little out there. I mean, what, what was the impetus to start this one? Well, I always look for weird entrepreneurs doing unusual businesses who have no experience in them and do it from nothing. And this, this guy, Micah Truman, was an investment banker in China, of all places, and he came back to Seattle where he went to high school in 2014, and he, he wanted to start something, but he wanted it to be truly green, not some sort of BS green like carbon credits or whatever. Yeah, and he yeah. wanted it to be profitable. And he raised $3 million from investors, and, it, you know, they're still in startup mode. They, they did 75 bodies in 2022. He expects to double that this year. It's about $5,000 a body. Unless you are a child, the service, uh, the, he will do the service for free. And they've had some children. Mm-hmm. It, he, he didn't expect all the – I don't know what he expected starting a funeral businesses, business, but a lot right. of things surprised him. Like, for example, let me tell you. Families want to show up during the 60-day process to hang out. Uh, so we had to redecorate what, the place and set up chairs. Okay, but what, when he's when he's composting them, they're they're going into some sort of a some sort of a, a container, bit. right? So this isn't like the this isn't like the 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 composting barrels I buy at Home Depot and I have to spin once a week, is it? Well, that's interesting. You should mention that. So you're in a sealed uh, container. They call it a vessel. And in the back, he showed me, I wasn't allowed to videotape it, he has this proprietary machine he had designed and constructed, which does exactly that. It will pick up the vessel and spin it around to rotate the contents inside, just like the, the drum at home. Okay. Interesting. How big is the vessel? I mean, does the body lay flat? or do you? I mean, I don't mean to be too graphic yeah. here, Gene, but I'm curious. No, do no. you have to fold the body to put it in? I mean, does it, is no. it like a casket barrel? or what? How does it work? You know, it kind of reminded me of a, uh, you know, an, a basement freezer you might have, which is funny because in every, you know, horror movie ever, somebody's right. in the basement freezer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there, it's it's pretty large because some people are very large, and that's another thing he didn't realize is that, and this, this is another weird, it's counterintuitive to me, the leaner you are, the longer it takes for your body to break itself down. Now, I don't know why. Maybe really? you have fewer microbes or the fat content helps. But but he he had, you know, he's had children who are, you know, 70 pounds. And he's had people who are 400 pounds. And he didn't expect that it would be. He has to he has to account for that now in the um, organic material and other things and, and making sure this process still happens. So Jane Wells is joining me. Uh, she's done the story, and you'll find it at uh, janewells.substack.com. Uh, and I love it, Jane. Um, Thank you. Talking about human composting, and we ran across a story about New York becoming the sixth state to legalize it. California legalized it, but as Jane pointed out, it's going to take until the 27th before we're allowed to actually do it. I guess you still have to th- throw people in a blue barrel and, and uh, into a, a hole in your backyard in the time being. Uh, but... <laughs> But but then uh, Jane, as people go and they want, you said that the family members want to visit during the process. So I mean, are they just sitting in a warehouse looking at the looking at the compost uh, uh, they, vessel? Look at you. Yes, they they can put photographs on it. And I saw that some have mementos. One group of people came in and had a a pizza party, sort of a wake. Um, and this these are things. My, Micah didn't expect. Also, get ready to have your socks blown off. Some families now, and who knows until you're in that position, would like to help prepare the body. So they now ask them, would you like to wash the loved one's hair? 
would you like to help us really? uh, prepare the body for this? And at first, Micah, oh, that's disgusting. But now he gets it. He gets it. I mean, we've been so separated by the, by the traditional funeral industry about the mystery of what the process is. A few hundred years ago, you know, you laid grandma out on the table in the front parlor. You know, I mean, yeah. we were, this this whole separation is a relatively new phenomenon, and we've forgotten to even we don't even want to be part of the process, let alone know how to ask to be part of it. So I, does he just offer that up now as people come in and they make arrangements? Does he say, listen, if you want to, you know, if you'd like to come back and visit, if you'd like to be a part of this, then, you know, yes. here's our schedule. This is how it works. Yes. Yes. He is all about transparency. He Look, they're in startup mode. A lot of people say, oh, yeah, I want to do this. But then when it comes right down to somebody dying, they're like, oh, no, we, we, this is too new. Or we're, we're, we're going to do the cremation or whatever. Yeah. So he's trying to be as transparent and out there. And he's not the only one, but he's the most vocal one of like, this is part of life. This is how it works. This is something you can, should consider because it's good for the planet. Okay, so once a body is composted... Then what happens to it? Can those same people come back and say, I want grandma for the garden? She loved, uh, you know, marigolds, and I want to make her part of our marigold garden? Yes. Whose mother, he had composted. You can, again, I said it's 250 pounds. It comes in tin bags. Now, most families don't want all of that. So they can take as much as they want and give it out to loved ones and friends and put it in the garden. The guy I interviewed said he's putting it in his garden, but not in the vegetable garden, if you get my meaning. Got and it. the rest that people don't want, they have to assign off for it to be commingled with the compost of other people in this eight-acre woodland that Micah has outside of Seattle, which is a very beautiful spot. I mean, it's just, um, it's sort of like everything old is new again this way, you know? It really is, because I, as I was reading your story, Jane, I was thinking, well, that really is ashes to ashes, dust to dust, right? I mean, you really mm-hmm. are being returned to where you came from, and it's so it's sort of bizarre. I mean, when you really yeah. break it down, yeah. right? It's 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 a little bizarre that we don't have more of this because this is you're right. What's old is new again, uh, but we're I guess we're so ingrained with the uh, with some of that other you know the more traditional ways, whether it's a, a burial or or a cremation or whatever else it is. All right, so I guess the question I have to follow up then, Jane, is are you planning on this, or uh, are oh, you not yet? Absolutely, absolutely. Good. After, you know, because there's, um, when you do a cremation, which was my original plan, there's a lot of fuel that gets burned, and I don't know. I, I, somehow I just like the idea of being in there with a bunch of straw, and you turn me on. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's who, who knows? I'll be dead. What do I care? Uh, yes. But I, I, I think, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, my kids will figure that out. When it when it comes time, but yeah, I like the idea of going this way. What about you? I'm a hundred percent with you. You you nailed it. Like I'm gone. What do I care? I, I've always said, just you know, cremate me, sprinkle my ashes somewhere. Uh, you know, if I'm memorable enough, then I don't know, start a web page or something. Uh, but <laughs> I, I'm I'm kind of with you on this, where I'm like, well, forget burning me and spreading ashes. Just spread me out and make make me useful. I guess. Uh, yeah. I'm a hundred percent. And then if you want to have the uh, you know the Jane Wells Memorial Garden. That's fantastic. Let's do that. Oh my gosh. Well, maybe I'll I'll keep plants alive more when I'm dead than I do now while I'm alive. <laughs> Let's see I'll if your green useful. thumb is is uh, yeah. is <laughs> yeah. is a curse from God or if it's just your talent. Right. Uh Jane Wells, I love talking to you. Happy New Year. So great having you on the program tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chris. Happy New Year to you. 
All right, take care, and uh, you know, be well. Hopefully, we don't have to have this conversation uh, about you or I for a yes. very long time. Yeah, exactly. Yes. All right, things are going downhill for one state in the Midwest. It stinks to be in Ohio. We'll tell you why next. Chris Merrill in for Johnny Ken, KFI AM six forty live everywhere in your iHeartRadio app. Sucks to be in Ohio. Uh, I love that. If you haven't been keeping up on some of the internet mm, trends. We know Florida is always a punchline, right? Ohio is getting there. As someone who grew up in Michigan and is still a a University of Michigan fan, I couldn't be happier. In Ohio, they just legalized sports gambling. Now, why is this of note? First of all, Ohio State had their big football game the day before sports gambling became legal. Otherwise, many more Ohioans would have probably bet their trailers on, on that game and then lost. But here's the other notable part. There was a very famous, and you probably recall this, a very famous case about gambling in Ohio that ruined one of the most uh, popular, well-known careers in sports history. Pete Rose, the all-time Major League Baseball hit king, got a lifetime ban because he was betting on games that he managed. Well, life has a funny way. The Hard Rock Casino in Ohio invited Pete to place the very first legal sports bet in the history of the state. So that law goes into effect January 1. Hard Rock says, Pete, we got to have you here. Pete Rose says, I'll be there. And sure enough, he places the very first uh, legal sports bet in Ohio. I got to tell you this. I I met, coincidentally, Pete Rose at a casino in Las Vegas uh, a few years back. And by met, I mean uh, I was with a group of guys, and we we paid for one of the guys to have an autograph and all that stuff. We all had our photo taken with, with Pete, one big group photo. Okay, so it wasn't like I ran into Pete and said, hey, Pete Rose. He It was more like he said, hey, give us $200, and we did. So coincidentally, at a casino. He was leaning in so hard to the whole gambling angle. He's at the casino. I mean, his book is about gambling. He's like, you know, when he signs autographs, it's little plays on words about betting and things like that. So he's leaned into that in recent years. And then we'll turn around and and ask the commissioner whenever there's a new commissioner of baseball, hey, you think you could lift the ban on me? But then he goes back and he leans into the whole whole gambling thing. And I got to tell you, I think he's made pretty good money doing it. Probably not the kind of money he would have made if he'd have retired uh, as the as a Hall of Famer and all the th- things that go with that. But he's done okay in his retirement years. He certainly has. With the new year, so many people believe, oh, we're going to kiss away the old one and the new one's coming and it's going to be so much better. There's a study out. In fact, I think uh, Mark was talking about this in the news earlier. There's a study out that says, uh, 57%, yeah, so more than half of Americans expect for this year, 2023, to be better than 2022. I have to believe that this uh, survey is probably one you could run every single year. For whatever reason, we get to the end of a year and we say, this year was terrible, this year sucked, Oh, next year's going to be better. But we're going to get to the end of 2023, and it's going to suck just as bad as this one. 
However, there are a few people that said it was okay, which is good. Um, 57% said that this year is going to be better than last year. 45% said the same thing last uh, for this year, but it only turned out to be true for 32%. So what does that mean? Nearly half as many people last year said 2022 would be better, and only a third actually found it better. A third of Americans already have the resolutions planned out. They're going to make small incremental changes as opposed to major ones, but uh, most are, are going to do a little bit of both. In other words, uh, they're going to quit smoking and stop kicking the dog. Yeah, uh, two lofty goals. Eh, they're fighting through it. Good on you. It just, one-third of uh, Americans said that they had a great year in 2022. There you go. Isn't it always what you make of it? I can tell you, I look back and I've had, I've had some years that I go, wow, that one really stands out. That was a great year. And good things happened. Maybe you started a new job. Maybe you graduated from college. Uh, maybe you had a baby. Maybe you got married, whatever else it is. But you probably can look back and also think that same year, and I find that the years I always think were good were the ones that were very full, had a lot of things going on. You know, I had this happen and that happened. I moved. I, I uh, you know, I had a girlfriend or, we, you know, whatever it was. A lot of things were happening all at once. But there were also some pretty sour moments in those years. And for whatever reason, those years that stand out to me as being good years, maybe I'm unique, but I don't think so. I think you and I are probably very similar. Those years that stood out to me as being good years, I also vividly remember some of the rotten stuff. Whereas the years that are somewhat forgettable, I kind of look back on and I go, I don't really remember much of what went on. It's almost as though the highs we have are accentuated by the lows. It doesn't usually go the other way around. If if it's a year that is memorable, I think we think of it as a good year. But not always the other way around. What what was that, Eric? We got uh Hey now. Uh, what? Do I hear a ding dong? Hey now, ding dong. Oh, there there he is. Is. Come on. Tim Conway Jr. Let's go, Chris. Come on, man. Look at oh, you, man. buddy. I'm so glad you're back. Thank you, know, you I was, very much. I was doing everything I could not to chase people away last week, Tim, and I, I opened every show by saying, Tim's coming back. There you go. There you Tim's go. Tim's coming back. Uh, I'm not going to yeah. ask you how your vacation was because that just opens up where I can tell you about mine. I'm sure you're not that interested. So, Go on. I, what, I don't uh, like when people say that. You know, when they say, how, you know, how was yeah. your New Year's? I'm like, look, yeah. I'm married with a kid. How do you think it went? Yeah, we were in bed by 9.30. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, of course uh, you it know, was. Trying to hide the dogs away from the uh, fireworks, fireworks all night. Yep. And that's, uh, that's a run. That's all Burbank has to offer. Um, <laughs> we have an update on Jeremy Renner. Uh, out, he's oh, out of surgery after suffering oh, blunt chest trauma and, and injuries from an accident. I guess with a uh, snowplow or something. The snowplow yeah. or snowplow. Um, but I, I wasn't even, I, I, look, I'm not a big Hollywood guy. I did not, I, I, I'm embarrassed to say I did not know who that was. Uh, now no, I, come now, on, <laughs> come on. Now I know who it is oh, uh, through a lot of embarrassment. He's a good dude. He's great, man. I love he's not it. not just a celebrity. He's a good dude. That's right. He's a really good guy. Uh, yeah. small plane with four board makes an emergency landing on route 66 in the Cajon Pass. Uh, also, we have, we'll have the latest on the Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl Parade, uh, you know, the shenanigans that went on there. It seemed like a pretty uneventful day in Pasadena. And thank God it didn't happen 
on you know Saturday when when it was drenching. You know, it was pouring like uh, yes. cats and dogs. Man, that could have wiped out the parade. And it would have smeared all the dog poop too, That's or the, right. uh, the horse poop, right? That's it would have made exactly. it a whole lot easier to shovel that up. Yeah, and then the it's I guess the NASCAR up. float won the uh, the big prize there. Uh, NASCAR was the uh, it's always forward has won the uh, the most outstanding the uh, uh, national treasure and tradition for the Rose Bowl. So, oh, there you go. Yeah. And then people are going to go see them. You know, I don't know if you've ever done that where you go see the Rose Parade uh, sure. floats. Yeah, that's thrilling. Have you gone to do that? No. Yeah, I can't get it no. up for that either, man. I can't. No. Yeah. I just uh, no. I doesn't. Uh, no. I'll, I'll go watch parades, but I can't mull around thinking about how the parade was started. Plus, I'd rather think, go watch a Jeremy Renner film. Right. And, uh, but think yeah. about the crew that you're going to run into. You know, who's going oh. through the? Uh, those are the people that didn't get up for the parade. Right. And they slept through the parade, but they want to go still go see the floats up, per, up oh, close and those personal. People. Now, you, they're you just not even with, committed. You have to be with kids. If you have kids, take them. That's great. But if you're an adult, a single adult going to see that, something's going on with you. That's creepy. Yeah. yeah something's yeah. going on. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, when you go to a, a Disneyland it's, or, um, or Wolf Lodge, every kid is smiling and not a single adult is smiling. You know, it's, no. it's, it's for the children, these floats. Uh, it's not for grown right. uh, people. It's just not. No. Yeah. 100%. 100% true. And then I got Can't Southwest. Uh, South, you know, you may not know a victim of the Southwest debacle over the uh, vacation. So you do now. You do now. Oh! You do now. I got oh, completely boy. hosed in the biggest possible way by Southwest. Oh, stranded, left to fight on my own. Had to. Lo- they lost the luggage. Had to rent oh. a car. Couldn't get the. You know they they re- We we flew out on December twenty second, and they canceled that flight. And they rebooked us for the twenty fifth at six forty five p.m. Then the twenty sixth. Then the twenty seventh. Come on. I would would have been in Sacramento for the twenty second, third, twenty fourth, twenty fifth, twenty sixth, and twenty seventh of December. Why That's just, where Southwest wanted me. Wh- at what point do you just say I'll just drive up there? That's what I had to do. But good luck getting a rent-a-car. Everybody got the rent-a-cars, and you have to have four-wheel drive up there because of all the ice and snow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah. All right. Nice to hear your voice. Nice to see you, you, buddy. And we'll uh, talk to you soon. All right, pal. Tim Conway Jr. Ding dong. Ding dong, my friend. The best show on the R-A-D-I-O starts in just moments. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken. A pleasure being with you. Happy New Year. It's KFI AM 640 live everywhere on your iHeartRadio app. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for for complete terms. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why games. Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.